For over 10 years, VOC Nation has taken listeners behind the scenes of the greatest moments in pro wrestling history. Our hosts are not only experts on the business, but have lived in the business. Subscribe and hear weekly podcasts from hosts like legendary pro wrestling journalist Bill Apter, former Impact Wrestling star Wes Briscoe, former WWE and AWA broadcaster Ken Resnick, former WWE and TNA star Shelly Martinez, former WCW star The Maestro, NWA legend The Raging Bull Manny Fernandez, and much more. VOC Nation programming is free on most major podcasting apps, including iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Radio.com. And video podcast and bonus content is available on Patreon for as low as $3 a month. What are you waiting for? Head to VOCNation.com and dig into the most comprehensive podcast network built for pro wrestling fans. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at VOC Nation Wrestling Network and follow us on Twitter at VOC Nation.
best in professional wrestling, worldwide wrestling. I'm David Crockett, and with me is Tony Schiavone. Welcome to WCW Retro. I'm your host for the evening, Papa Stroh, the Meister of Wrestling. This is the place to be, folks. We talk about past, present, and future professional wrestling, plus so much more. You never know who's going to call in. It's half the fun. Uh, the wild, wild west of podcasts right here on uh, WCW Retro on VOCNation.com. And tonight, the topic is Ric Flair. It's Ric Flair night, folks. So call in and tell us your favorite Ric Flair story, moment, event, etc. It's all about the nature boy, Ric Flair, the Hall of Famer, the legendary, the man, the legend himself, nature boy Ric Flair. And you can call any time during tonight's live podcast at 914-338-1885. Once again, that number is 914-338-1885. And lots to talk about tonight, as always. And before we get to the callers and talk Ric Flair tonight, uh, make a few announcements and uh, shout-outs, if you will. First of all, enjoy all our great podcasts on VUCNation.com. In the room every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, Shelly Martinez every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Wrestling with History, Bruce Ward, Ken Resnick, and the legendary Bill Apter every Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Briscoe and Big Ace. Check out his podcast on VOCNation.com. Uh, Wrestling with Problems. Uh, Sassy Steph. And, of course, WCW Retro every Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Plus all the great podcasts we got on VOCNation.com. Uh, show us some love and support. Uh, we're here to entertain you. So, uh, And we're glad, very happy to do it. Um, also support us on Pro Wrestling Tees at ProWrestlingTees.com slash VOC Nation. Uh, buy your favorite VOC Nation t-shirt t- today, including WCW Retro and one of yours truly, Papa Stro, the four faces of Stro. Join this revolution. So uh, support us on Pro Wrestling Tees. Once again, that uh, URL is ProWrestlingTees.com slash VOC Nation. I currently star as the Chief in the Dust Series, uh, which you can check out all three seasons of the Dust Series at AvailFilms.com for Avail TV or on YouTube at YouTube.com slash DUSK Series. I'll be on set soon uh, for Harlequin Origin Story called The Devil's Daughter, which I'll be starring as Dr. Jeremy Arkham in that film. And for more updates on that film, go to Facebook.com slash uh, now it'll be an going to be an upcoming horror movie later on this year as well called Stench of Iniquity. Uh, I'll be starring as an ancient vampire named Abba in that film. And for more updates on that upcoming horror film, go to facebook.com slash stench of iniquity. And be looking out for me on an up, upcoming episode of Hightown series on the Stars Channel on on season two. Um uh, and which I'll be uh, appearing in in season two of the High Town, High Town, Stars Channel. So I'll be looking at that once High Town uh, starts season two. I'm very excited for you guys to check out the episode I appear in. So appreciate that. I love and support. Um, yeah, uh, lots going on. Uh, later on tonight, actually, on my Facebook page, facebook.com/slash Joe the Maestro, 
will be a, another edition of my horror sci-fi show, The Stroh Zone, which I have a special double feature tonight. Um, uh, first feature will be Spider Baby, and the second feature will be Fright. So check out Spider Baby and Fright t- tonight on my Facebook page, my official Facebook page, facebook.com slash Maestro for the Stro Zone. Uh, Fishing with Special Friends, check them out, fishingwithspecialfriends.com, uh, Masters of Ring Entertainment at mastersofringentertainment.com. Uh, Innovative Hybrid Wrestling, the Maritimes area in Canada. Check them out. Facebook.com slash IHW Wrestling. Cauliflower Alley Club. Check out my uh, the web, official website of my Cauliflower Alley Club family at cauliflowerallyclub.org. And with that, uh, we're going to be taking our first commercial break here in just a few moments. And when we get back, we're going to be talking some uh, Ric Flair. So uh, call in. It's Ric Flair night. So it should be a lot of fun. And we'll lead into the commercial with some Midnight Express. I'll be back in a few, folks. Stick with us. Total Package, Lex Luger. You're listening to the VOC Nation. Don't miss out. Check out In the Room every Tuesday night at 9. Listen in. Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks, former WCW star, Stro Maestro, Kathy Fitz, Matt Grimm. And you and Ray are there too, right, Ray? We sure are. And we've got great guests like Lex Luger, AJ Styles, Taku, and more. It's a heck of a party. Plus, I didn't get thrown off uh, buildings. And then uh, I didn't get pregnant either. Sometimes I think it gets so ridiculous. We were getting into, like, snuff film territory there. In the room. 9 p.m. Eastern on VOC Nation. Wrestling with History, the voice of choice, and Killer Can Wrestling. When I die, they're going to open me up and find about 2,000 undigested Northwest Airline cheese omelets. Mr. Chris Cruz, what's going on? Jesus, how did I get roped into this? General Adnan went to school with Saddam Hussein. He cried, I cried, he cried, and who could have Adnan lost a lot of family in the Iraqi war. Everybody loves Granny. Wow. Yeah, see, a lot of people don't know that. Yes, Dylan, you guys are busting me up. Catch Wrestling With History with Ken Resnick and I live on VOCNation.com Wednesday nights at 9.30 Eastern Time or listen to the podcast by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. Stadium Journey, the worldwide leader in stadium reviews for the traveling sports fan, is proud to present the Stadium Journey podcast on VOC Nation. Join us as we talk with prominent figures from around the sports world to discuss issues pertaining to sports travel and stadiums around the globe. New episodes air on VOC Nation Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Join Paul Baker, Dave Cartney, Mark Viquez, Dan Calachico, and guests from throughout the sports world on the Stadium Journey podcast on VOC Nation. 
each and every Thursday night. Check it out. WCW star Stro Maestro takes you on a journey. It's WCW Retro. Talking old school match of the week. Talking dream matches. Taking your calls and looking back on an incredible career of acting, entertaining, and wrestling. Check it out. VOCNation.com. WCW Retro. Be sure to call in Thursday nights, 9 Eastern, on the VOC Nation Radio Network. Rock and Roll Union and North Step Productions, in conjunction with Boo Ray Atlantic City, proudly present Jersey Shore Jam 2. May 15th. Featuring As We Become Ghosts and Rat Rod. It's been a long, cold winter, and now it's time to rock. Also appearing, the Rock and Roll Union house band, Shades of Grey, playing all of your favorites from the 60s to now. All COVID regulations will be in place. Tickets are available at eventbrite.com and are extremely limited, so get them before they run out. Doors open at 6 and showtime is at 7. Rat Rod, As We Become Ghosts, and Shades of Grey. Jersey Shore Jam 2, May 15th at Boo Ray, 201 South New York Avenue, Atlantic City. Did I mention there's free parking? Don't miss it. Yo, this is Jerry Stein of the Nasty Boys. Yeah, Brian Knobs here. You get ready to get nasty? Well, listen to the VOC Nation, baby, because it's about to get nasty all around and up in this mother. Get ready. Nasty Sensation is coming at you. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network. Welcome back to WCW Retro, folks. And tonight is Ric Flair night here on WCW Retro. Uh, very excited to, to share some cool Ric Flair stories. I'm going to be sharing some promos later on as well. Um, and if you guys would like to call in and give your, some of your favorite Ric Flair stories and moments, uh, please do so at uh, 914-338-1885. Once again, the number is 914-338-1885. And, uh, man, what, what can you say about Nature Boy Ric Flair? Um, I know uh, we we've got to be friends over the years, uh, and uh, it, it's just uh, it's one it's so surreal to like meet, uh, meet one of your heroes when you're younger, and then later on be friends and and like brothers in the wrestling industry, and to have that connection you know with you know my family with the gorgeous George influence and everything. So uh, yeah, uh, Nature Boy Ric Flair, man. The greatest, the goat. <laughs> I mean, what hasn't Ric Flair done in his career? Oh my gosh, he's got like two or three wings in the Hall of Fame, um, in, in several Hall of Fames, uh, hands down. Uh, and uh, I mean, well illustrious career, and uh, he's 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 uh, an icon in the wrestling and entertainment world now. Uh, it, it's it's amazing uh, the journey that Ric Flair has gone through and over the years uh, and, and faced the best of the best from all over the world. 
uh, hand, hands down. When, when the, like, like I said, the greatest of all time, Nature Boy Ric Flair. Uh, and to get, get your feet wet a little bit on, uh, on Ric Flair night here, I'm, I'm going to play some promos for you guys. Um, first off, promo is talking about uh, his $600 <laughs> lizard shoes, man. Uh, so uh, here, here, here is Ric Flair talking about his uh, very expensive lizard shoes, folks. So hang on, hang on, hang on one second. Let me get, let me get to go back to the commercials. Are we on yet? Oh gosh, I forgot about these commercials. Bear, bear with me. I thought we were I, I... doing things. <laughs> get out of here. Gosh, here we go. All right, we'll get right to it here. We're almost there. All right, here he is. That's it. Yeah. But you, in reality, are never, ever 
going to be able to say you are the world champion. You're never ever going to be able to say you're being slick rich. You're never going to be able to put that in your own pickup truck. <laughs>
was per se with the NWA that they would bring him. They always would bring Rick back to uh, help business. And uh, Rick was to go. Rick Flair was to go to guy, hands down. And uh, and those those hour matches he's had over the years: Harley Race, Dusty Rhodes, Dory Funk Jr., Terry Funk. Uh, the list goes on. I mean, it's just uh, amazing. You know, and and he he did it all over the world. I mean, he was a true world champion. I mean, he he would take take on the top competitors from each different territory back in the day with the NWA, and uh, and what it, it was a machine, man. It's a machine. I being on shows with Ric Flair, seeing him out in the parking lot doing uh, Hindu squats for like an hour before his match. I mean, his cardio is is phenomenal. It's just amazing. Um, and Ric Flair can literally wrestle all night and then some. <laughs> it, it, it's it, it's just amazing. Yeah, so much stuff. I, I could tell you about Ric Flair. Uh, I, I can't say enough good about Ric Flair. And, and thank God we had Ric Flair in professional wrestling, hands down. Let me uh, let me find another promo for you guys, man. This is that was really cool, actually. Oh man, good stuff. Let's see if I could. Uh, find an entertaining Ric Flair promo here. Oh, gosh. So many good ones here. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I remember one time I'm driving down uh, I-5 outside of Charlotte, right? And this guy in that, in that other lane kept swerving me, right? And uh, I had just, uh, <laughs> just stopped by uh, Plum Crazy there in Travola. We're all the guys hang out. And Stan, Stan Lane, he used to call it Stan the Man Lane because you know he could dance his butt off at <laughs> the club. And I'm, and I'm, I'm driving down right. And this guy keeps squaring me off the road, and I'm like, you know, I'm getting a little heated. Like, who is this dude? So I turn around, and I didn't recognize the driver, but it in the back seat I saw Rick waving at me, laughing. I'm like, Nate, you're too much, man. Uh, I, I remember when I first met Rick, uh, it was like years ago, and he, him and Blackjack Mulligan stopped at the convenience store after an event, and they're on their way to the next town. And I helped him carry the beverages uh, to the vehicles because they were kind of like a little worse for wear, right? And years later, when I got into business and I caught up with those guys, they actually remembered me doing that for them, and they bought me a drink that night. <laughs> Oh, it's tremendous. It's such a small world in this business, man. You just never know who you're going to bump into and who you're going to be brothers with years later. It's amazing. Let me see if I can find it. Oh, okay. Oh, let's see if I can find another one here. Good stuff. I, I, you, okay, here's, here's a classic for you. Here's a classic for you. I think I got it here. This is one of the uh, his uh, Four Horsemen promos, actually. They're uh, is it back uh, that they just kicked Ole Anderson out of the Horsemen. So let's let's play it. Let's see uh, what we got going on here. The reason I love using oh, I hate these well, commercials. I can make me part of the commercial. Show, here. I can make a show like here we go. Well, I'll tell you what. The last time we saw Ric Flair and Ole Anderson in a confrontation, awful talking about Ole. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Let me go fast forward to the uh, 
This is after the altercation where uh, Ole attacked Rick. Okay, here we go. Flair's going wild. Ole! Well, you know, what do you think you're doing? What have you done? Do you know what you just did? Huh? I'll tell you what you just did. You just, in a very simple common term, made a mistake of a lifetime. <laughs> Oh, this is great. And Jeff, what a world champion. When he's conducted himself in a business like Vader. No, you don't. You don't come out here. And for one moment in your life, insult the world champion. The name is Rick Flair. We are the horsemen. I represent. Oh, what a feud these guys had. I am champion. Him and Ole are great promos, man. Amazing. Let's see what we can get to it. Hopefully, with the commercials, we'll be 
to it's so good to see you guys. I'll tell you, cars will suck. <laughs> let's, let's let's get some Ric Flair, Mean Gene. God, God rest Mean Gene's soul, man. I miss Mean Gene so much. I miss being, hanging out with him and Bobby Heenan, man. Best times ever. Here we go. All right. Ric Flair. 13-time former WCW. Oh, what a crowd. I miss those live nitros, man. They love him, man. They love Nate. All I can say is thank you. But you know what? The truth is, all this, I don't deserve it. I got my ass kicked last night. And damn it all, I'm ashamed of it. Gary Kushoff, if not, that was interference. You know, and Baltimore knows me. Hell, I know Baltimore. But I, what am I going to say? I got in the car last night. I went back to the hotel. I called Arn Anderson. I said, Arn, brother, it's over. I got drunk. I woke up today. I said, it's over. I called my wife. She said, get home. It's over. I got on the plane. I sat down. The flight attendant said, what do you want, Mr. Flair? And I said, hell, I want to go to Baltimore. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. All right. Wherever you are. And brother, right now, you're the man. I'm asking you and Baltimore, 18,000 stars, and 20 million people out there to hear me out for the very last time. Me, Gene, who made this code? You oh, that's nice. Is he going to drop an elbow on it? <laughs> you go, Rick. Go, Nate. My goodness, I'm trying to you jackass. Yeah. <laughs> Tell him, Nate. Yeah, right. All right. Oh, this is great. Stripping down those boxes. Oh, I remember this. Oh, this is good. It's yours. Thirty thousand dollars. It's a gold Rolex. It's yours. I tried to get that Rolex actually. Man, that was nice. <laughs> Give me a raise, Rick. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, he just rifled a goofy shoe. Some, someone caught it too. Well. What is going on? He is. He's, oh, he's going down to his box. That's it. Yeah, I remember this. Oh my God. Oh, this is great. 
He dropped it. He dropped the elbow. <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you, Bishop, I will leave the wrestling world forever. Oh, man, there was heat there, man. Him and Eric Buck. My cars, whatever money I have. This is great. I'll sign it over to you. I will give you the satisfaction of saying you're right, the nature boy. Oh, my. If you have the you know what. (laughs) He knew what he wanted to say. You've got thousands of dollars laid out here. You'll oh, my gosh, Rick. I'm be- I begging you. The one situation that I'm begging you. God, I'm begging you. <laughs> you must have me. Rick's amazing, man. I you. I get to run WCW. For 90 days. And he did. And the first thing <laughs> he did. And Bischoff drive the ring truck, too. That was amazing. <sighs> that promo with Eric and Klondike Bill was classic. Oh, my God. You have had Turner blindfolded. You're a scammer. You're a schemer. <laughs> You've got the brain of a pisshead. Oh, <laughs> It's a Steiner, Luger. Thank God for Ric Flair. <laughs> oh, here he goes. <laughs> he's got the handcuffs. Oh, he's, oh, he's going to handcuff himself. <laughs> I ain't going home. Oh, yeah, I remember this. This is crazy. And, and he's got his socks on, too. That's tremendous. Oh, guys. That, what a, oh, what a blast in the past. Just being there to witness it was just amazing. Amazing stuff. We got a caller here. Uh, let, let's, let's bring him in. 843 area code. Welcome to WCW Retro. Hi, Papa Stroud. I heard uh, Rick Flair. Um, when oh, I first Rick, came yeah, on, Rick Flair night, Malcolm. Didn't you get the memo? Yeah. <laughs> Did you get the uh, ad? Rick Flair night, dude. I'll tell you what. I uh, the first time I took a picture with him, he was. I, I had a Raider jersey on, snake around my neck, and Rick's looking straight ahead, but his eyes are looking to the side. You know, kind of peripheral vision kind of thing. And it looks like he's looking – if you look in the picture, his eyes like make it look like I've lost my mind. <laughs> it's much like his backdrop. So if you know him, take, whenever he takes backdrops, he's always, he always looking at where he's going. <laughs> he's, watching, he's amazing. Yeah, I, I – uh, the third time I met him, we took this great picture, me and Rick. He was smiling. I was smiling. It was, uh, I think it's one of the best pictures I ever took with a wrestler. So That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. That's good good stuff, man. Yeah, and I, oh, I guess my, my favorite match of him, oh, God, there's so many, but I don't know. I think 
um, it was Clash of the Champions. I think it was, was it number, I can't remember exactly the number, but it was uh, New York Knockout, and it was like November 89 when uh, uh, when uh, Muda and, and, uh, and uh, Terry Funk had the feud with Sting and Flair. And put and yeah. part of the Holzman. Yeah, I mean that that no quit match to me was one of the best matches I ever saw Ric Flair wrestle in his life. To me, I mean because him and Flair, oh, like, him oh, and, him and Terry Funk, Funk. Yeah, that was amazing. Yeah, that, I mean you had two. I mean legendary wrestlers, legendary, legendary. Not he, I don't call them heels. I call them bad guys. Legendary bad guys. Rick and 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 there's some wrestlers, Papastro. And Ric Flair's one of them. Roddy Piper's another. That they deserve. They don't. They don't make it as a good guy. They're better as bad guys. Flair is. Piper is. There's a bunch. You know. So. Oh gosh. Great, great, great stuff, man. Um. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I mean, I mean, guys like Flair and Funk and. I mean, they put wrestling on the map, more or less. You know what I mean? For all the rest of us, you know what I'm saying? It's amazing. <laughs> and and amazing, two other amazing. matches, Papa Stro, in 88, yeah. Great American Bash and Starcade when he fought Lex Luger. Now, a lot of guys say Lex Luger wasn't that great a wrestler, but I thought he held his own. I thought he put on a great show with Flair. Those were some oh, really yeah. good matches that year. Oh, yeah. they had great matches, Rick and Lex. Yeah. Man, Rick Flair can make take a broomstick and just have a five star classic. I mean, that's how good the man was. <laughs> he would make everybody. His personality was just. I tell you what, if you, if you stick if you stick with me, Malcolm, you can do the play by play with me. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna play the. Uh, no, I want uh, you do the play by play. No, no, no. <laughs> hey, no help, help I'm, gonna, I'm gonna play the promo of uh, Jay. Jay, Jay, yeah. Jay Lethal and Ric Flair. The Woo oh, Off. Yeah. Remember that one? Oh, God, Papa Here, here it comes. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> here we go. Here we, let me get to it. Yeah, Jay Lethal. All right. Here we go. Can you hear it? I can hear it. Here comes Jay Lethal. Just stare down. Rick Flair and Jay Lee's all oh, this is gonna be good. Oh, oh, oh man, I can't wait. <laughs> I just like him. That punk right there says anything about the four horsemen. Oh my god. That was great. The That's amazing. Of men to ever grace God's <laughs> Because as far as I'm concerned, the horsemen were here. They took a dump in the ring. <laughs> when I first saw this, my, I spit out my drink. I was laughing so hard. This is great. I love Jay Lee. 
Rick can't even talk. He's got the bus open. No, horseman, that is disrespectful to me. Love it. Here we go. Who is the first of them all? Why is you, Nature Boy? Not that piss ass Jaylee. <laughs> Here we go. Oh, he's taking off the jacket. Oh, boy. He's taking off the shoes. The alligator shoes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Here it comes. On, on that Jay's taking his jacket off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's going to drop the elbow. <laughs> he did a strut. <laughs> oh, man. Knocked out Ric Flair in the the room. 
<laughs> and and I was wondering why is JJ Dillon in the closet? I, I just couldn't figure that one out. Oh my gosh, that was hysterical. Well, we got uh, joining us. We got joining us here. Um, I believe this is my man um, Chaz. Let's bring on Chaz up here. Hey Chaz. Yeah. Chaz, hey, what's happening, guys? How are you? Metro. How are you doing? It's Rick oh, Flair thank night. you very much. Happy to be back. What's happening? It's Ric Flair night, man. We're, we're just enjoying some some cool Ric Flair memories, you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, we, how many memories we, did Nature Boy Ric Flair give to everybody? Unreal. It's amazing. Played the uh, the promo they did with Jay Lethal and TNA. The woo-off. Oh, man. Tremendous. Oh, that's hilarious. God. That was hilarious. I'll tell you, stuff, one of my man. favorite matches that Flair did that it's very hard to find um, uh-huh. on film or on, on DVD is the match he had with Inoki in North Korea. Mm. I mean, that was just a it was yes. just a, a, a surreal scene. I mean, to have wrestling in North Korea, you know, being that the, given their their strict communist regime and the amount of controls that were put on them. And, and that was Scott Norton saying too. that. It wasn't all the cards. Was Scott Norton was was quoted as saying that he was talking to his wife, and he can hear the North Koreans listening on the other line. It's, you know, so. It was, <laughs> but yeah, you know, you had you had right. Flair and Oki go to a Broadway. You had Flair and Oki go to a Broadway in front of a hundred thousand people that the Western world never saw. I think that's, it's going to be a, an episode of Dark Side of the Ring this year, if I'm not mistaken. I hope so. That'd be great. Yeah, a lot of Rick, is, Rick Flair had some great. International matches overseas, you know what I mean? Oh, most definitely. Uh, most definitely. I mean, the, the stuff that he did. Uh, Japan Super Show '91. Yeah. He had a game. Yeah. Uh, Tatsu, Tatsumi, the Dragon Fujinami. Fujinami. Yeah, thing. Fujinami. Yeah. Matter of fact, he Fujinami mm-hmm. used to be the Tiger Mask back in the day. I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah, he was yeah. one of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he wasn't the original Tiger Mask. That guy was amazing. No, no, no. But uh, but he, he no, was, but he he was one of them. under Tiger Mask for a bit back years yep. ago. Yep. Oh God, but what you know, all the matches that Flair had in Japan were amazing. I mean, you talk about the stuff that he did with Rick Martel. They'd work right. a one-hour belt versus belt Broadway, and the next night they're tagging up. Uh, Catching Kerry Von Erich in Japan and Yokohama to defeat him for the title. I mean, right. you know, Flair was just one of those. He was one of those talents that can transcend any country he competed in. If, yeah, if I'm not mistaken, uh, he, he didn't he win back the world title from Kerry Von Erich in Japan. Yep, Yokohama. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Yeah. In fact, true. it was kind of funny because if you um, if you watch the the DVD of that match or catch it on YouTube. Uh, the crowd turned on Kerry. Kerry was the heel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Japanese love yeah. Flair. You know, oh, Papa yeah. Stro, um, 2006, and I think this was Ric Flair's best friend, even though, you know, they had a lot of controversial issues over the years. Roddy Piper and Ric Flair teamed up and won the world tag team titles in the WWE. Uh, yeah, I and we're that. wearing it yeah. for a while. I thought that was great. I mean, I thought that was a unite uniting of two great legendary wrestlers that were good friends with each other. And so I much history of those two, man, Piper and Flair. 
ABC, they had this, um, they had this show. I forget what it was called, but Flair was back here and Piper was out in Oregon, and they they uh, flew, Flair flew out back to Oregon and Piper flew back out here and they exchanged families for like a weekend or something like that. It was, that's that's how much respect they had for each other to me. You know, it, it, so. yeah, have you guys have you guys seen the footage? Any footages from back in the day when, when Piper and Flair were in the Midlandic territory? Uh, amazing oh, stuff they did together. I yeah. Yeah. Amazing yeah. stuff. So I got to pose a question then, based on all this. Of the four eras of Ric Flair, meaning Mid Atlantic, his run as the NWA champion, his first WWF run. And his post-2000 escapades in TNA and ROH and whatnot, which era was your favorite? Uh, you know, I would, have, I would have to say his NWA run. In the 80s? Yeah, when he was, when he was a champ. Yeah, that's what I'd go with because he, he beat Harley Race at Starkid 83. He beat Dusty Rhodes. He had some great. He, he beat Luger. You know, he, he was he, uh, he was one of the last true world champions that would hit yeah. the territories and, and do and travel and you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. No, I definitely agree with you guys. You know, the, you that know, whole. Stra, I think he should have been an actor too because I remember on Nitro, I think it was in '99 when this happened, and he was like the commissioner or something, and he got locked up in that mental hospital and. He drove the bus to Nitro to the arena. I, he had all the crazy. That that was, that was. I mean, Rick should have got an an Oscar for, or an Emmy for that. That was just one of the best acting jobs I ever saw in my life. I'm I'm still I'm still pissed that the WWE didn't put Hogan and Flair at WrestleMania. Oh no. my God! No. I'm gonna go one better than that one for you, Stro. I'll tell you okay. where I'm pissed, and it was one of the few times I was never in agreement. I never liked would I always liked Jimmy Crockett's booking. This one I didn't like. They were teasing the match beyond for over two months. Uh, mm-hmm. Folks coming up, you know, and start at uh, the Great American Bash, blah, 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 is the match beyond. Right. The match beyond, he should have got a hold of Vince, just like his, like his father and Vince Sr. did. And they should have booked the belt versus belt, Hogan versus Flair. That should have been the match beyond. Don't get me wrong. The War Games was great. But if mm-hmm. they really wanted to capitalize in 80, what was it, 85, 86? If they really wanted to capitalize on the star power of each man, they should have booked Hogan and Flair back in 86. Let them go, to, let them go to a double DQ prime? or a Broadway or whatever. Because, you know yeah. The one knock against Hogan is that he couldn't he couldn't go. Nonsense. Hogan went to Japan. He go 22, 25, 30 minutes. Oh yes. Without breaking a sweat. So don't don't give me the sense that Hogan couldn't go. He could go. I would have loved oh, to yeah. seen him and Flair, either two out of three falls or, or sixty minutes, and and let them have at it. In their prime, you know what I mean. Imagine yep. Hogan and Flair both in their prime going at it. Oh my God, it'd be amazing. Oh, so and yeah. swap matches. Have one at the Great American Bash. Let them follow up at, at WrestleMania. I mean, you know, the thing I don't understand. I think I never understood about promoters back then is once Vince killed the territories, it was like he didn't want to even acknowledge anybody else. Right. And I think he, I think he did himself a big disservice because 
you know, we talk about Flair. I mean, even in the 70s, Flair was making – he wasn't a headliner, but he was making appearances at Madison Square Garden. I mean, the only oh, yeah. thing about the territory promoters is they shared talent. I mean, people That's in New it. York saw Ric Flair, and it was back in his mid-Atlantic uh, days. He didn't have a title. He wasn't world champion. That's yeah, right. Papa Stroh, there's something that's always bothered me. These people, they want to have, you know, who was better, Ric Flair or Hulk Hogan. You can't do that because they were both great and they were both unique. They had their own oh, yeah. style, their own personality. To me, I they, don't they, want they, to Both Hogan and Flair carried the promotions they were with. They're, yeah. they're respected promotions, hands down. Yeah, I mean, they, they were the, Hogan was you know, at Hogan was at a um, he was at a disadvantage because they were on different they were on different planes. Flair was still doing the, the touring world champion idea, and Hogan wasn't. I mean, Hogan was working all over the world, but he was they were working a set roster as opposed to going right. into each territory. You know, Vince killing the territories it was great for the WWF. It was terrible for the business because. You know, Hogan was never even was never touted as a world champion. If you listen to to the announcements, he was always touted as WWF champion. Right. Yeah. So I mean, you can't really say who was who was the better world champion because, you know, technically, given the given the traditional meaning of the world champion, Hogan wasn't it. I mean, he didn't defend the title. He defended the title a little bit in Japan later on in the late '80s, early '90s, but. He didn't do the kind of touring schedule that that Flair had. Oh my God! Yeah. I mean, n- not many people could keep up with Ric Flair's schedule when he was champion back then. Oh, geez. oh yeah. no, not at all. Crazy, I mean, you know. But I remember, I remember um, there were the rumor was uh, going around was that one of the reasons why Kerry Von Erich's reign was so short is that he couldn't handle the travel. I mean, yeah. he picked up Flair's yeah. schedule and went. After he beat Flair at the at the uh, at Texas Stadium, he picked up Flair's schedule. He went into Florida, did a couple of things in Florida, and went straight to Japan. And by the time he got to Japan, he, you know, yes, Kerry had all kinds of demons, but he was burnt out already. He couldn't handle the travel. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah same way. I think Dusty didn't want to hold the title that very long because you know he he didn't like you know travel as much. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Harley sure. loved it, and but Flair was, no, Harley, Flair was Harley, one of the kind. Oh, yeah, it, Harley was all about it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but Flair was one of the kind when it came to travel. I mean, that man just broke his ass traveling. Yeah, yeah. Roddy Piper <laughs> said it was a trip flying with him. He was always drunk on the plane. That's what Roddy told me. He said he didn't want to get around him on a plane. He's like, trying to out-drink everybody on the plane. <laughs> oh, Malcolm, I mean... <laughs> How many stories do we hear about Flair and the Horsemen, where they would they would take Jimmy Crockett's jet, and they would make headquarters in Vegas, and then work Portland, work Seattle, work L.A., work Phoenix, and just fly to and from the venues and back to Vegas again. Yeah. Well, they, I remember Rick Flair and Terry Funk telling the story, right? About uh, Rick's telling us the time uh, his robe, one of his robes got stolen, and the next day he saw a kid, kid wearing a robe, giving the middle finger and everything, and uh, and Terry's laughing and said, "Rick, that's a wonderful story." <laughs> and Rick is like, "No, it's terrible." <laughs> that little punk. Well, yeah, his robes robe. were what fifteen grand a piece. <laughs> right. 
Yeah, yeah, I want to man. say Rick for like fifteen thousand a piece. Oh my god, definitely yes. top of the line. Papa Unbelievable. Was one time, nineteen ninety one, the summer it was July ninety one. My brother took me to the Oakland Coliseum Arena, and I was all excited. I never, I didn't hear the news or read it in the magazine yet, the like the Pro Wrestling Illustrated magazine that Rick Flair had left the uh, the WCW to go to the WWF. And there was he was scheduled to fight, and it was the Great American Bash Tour. I was I was heartbroken when I found out that was that uh, the Wonder one where he was Wyndham. supposed to um was it supposed to be him and Barry Windham or somebody? Yeah, and it was the Oakland Coliseum Arena, and I got there, and they oh, you know I, I should yeah, say I remember that yeah. Because uh, no, the thing is, Rick Rick wanted to drop. I, I think Rick wanted to wrestle Barry on his yeah. way out, but they wouldn't let him do it, right? Because they were all about. I think it was when they there's Luger. They wanted to put the deal on Luger, so it ended up yeah, being but, Barry and Luger when Rick left. You know, for the WCW was, title. It was hard. Stroke was hard to get uh, to get to see the NWA, the WCW, the WWF was easy, but you could rarely see the NWA WCW and I never got to see Ric Flair wrestle live one time <laughs> at all. Never. That Except was when Ric Flair was cussing out Jim Hurd in the phone. <laughs> I think I see nothing you never got to see Flair wrestle live, but you met Flair. Oh, I met him three times but Yeah. Um, all right, see so on the on the other hand, I've never in my you know, in the eleven years that I've been in the business I've never had a chance to cross paths with Ric Flair, but before I got into business as a teenager, as a fan, I got to see him wrestle three times live. And my favorite was the Super Clash at Comiskey Park. I mean, him and Magnum TA oh, yeah. went 31 oh, wow. minutes to the finish. What That's a card a good that one. was. Wow, that was amazing. That stroll was Love four hours. It started at 8 o'clock at night, and you never left your seat. I mean, that's oh, how man. good that card was. But by the time Flair and Mal- by the time Flair and Magnum got on, it was like eleven o'clock, and they went fifty-one minutes to a roll-up. Oh, that was crazy. Just the amount of the amount of cardio alone. I mean, the three times that I saw Flair wrestle live, uh, Magnum was the Super Clash, and then I saw him twice at house shows at UIC. One, he took Nikita right. Cole off forty-two minutes to a double DQ, and then the other one. It was him and Ronnie Garvin. That didn't last long. It was like twelve minutes, and and it was over. Uh, <laughs> it was tw- it was a it was a return defense after Garvin won the title, and it was oh, just okay. like twelve minutes, and it was twelve minutes, and a count out, and it was all over with. But I mean, the other two times I saw Flair Russell, you sat down and you made sure you were comfortable because you weren't going anywhere for about an hour. I remember Rick you know, winning the title back from um, Garvin in Chicago for that Chi Town. Yeah. And yeah, the pop the he got from the Chicago fans, yeah, was unreal. Chicago fans are fickle. I mean, here, you got to realize, Chicago fans were the first <laughs> ones to boo John Cena. <laughs> I was there. Oh, wow. It was yeah. 2000. It was the day after WrestleMania. It was the roster of WrestleMania. Came out. 2005. <laughs> Pop it was joke, 2005, man. the day after WrestleMania, and I'll tell you a Rick story about that card. Um, Rick came out to cut a promo, and he was cut off by Umaga and Armando oh, wow. Estrada. It was their debut. 
Yeah. And I hadn't known either one of them. I mean, I didn't recognize I didn't recognize Umaga from uh, from being in uh, in three count because they they packaged right. them nicely. And I didn't re- I didn't put two and two together at the time. And Estrada I had never seen before. And they wound up Samoan dropping Rick in the um, in the promo. And I was yeah. sitting third row ringside, and I'm like, what a chip. I came to see Ric Flair wrestle, and I get Ric Flair getting beat up in a promo. This is terrible. <laughs> you have Papa Stroke? You didn't but the highlight was watching the Chicago fans boo the hell out of John Cena. Yeah. I mean, he came oh, out, his music hit, and they were chanting, Cena sucks. Yeah. <laughs> in, in line with the music, they were chanting, John Cena sucks. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> John Papa Stroh didn't do what he normally does when you say John Cena. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> you do it in, in the oh, room. Yeah. Oh, but, you know, it, it grows, was, it, it was on funny you. because song. <laughs> it, it doesn't matter what the booking is. If the people don't like you, they're going to boo the hell out of you. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Even though he was with the horsemen and all that through all those years, and they still, I mean, they still look, people still love Rick, man. No matter what side Chicago of Chicago fans were heel fans. You got to realize Chicago yeah. fans love heels. <laughs> right. They were the first, they were one of the first road cities. Uh, you took the words out of my mouth now. They were one of the first cities to get behind the road warriors. And it wasn't because they were, the warriors were built from Chicago. It's because the Warriors beat the hell out of anybody that got in front of them. <laughs> I remember one time. I mean, I remember one time Lex Luger's trying to put up the figure four on Ric Flair, and he's going all kind of crazy directions. And uh, you can see Ric Flair's face. He, uh, you can like read lips. He's like, "Oh Jesus!" And just pokes him in the. <laughs> yep. Oh my God! Well, I'll tell you. You want to talk like about fickle? It, this this ought to be a um, a comment about a, a show for future time. But you want to talk about fickle fans? I was there tonight that the Road Warriors took the AWA titles off of Bruiser and Crusher. Oh wow! And the Chicago awesome. fans, no, you got to understand, Bruiser and Crusher in the seventies were the the favorite of all favorite tag teams in the Chicago area. The Chicago fans actually cheered the Road Warriors after they, after they put Crusher up in the Doomsday Device. Whoa! Tremendous. God, what a and, what a what a epic match that! Wow, man. And awesome. God rest his soul. Before and, before Joe died, he would tell the story in the locker room how they had he had Crusher up on his shoulders, and Crusher was yelling at at them, "What the hell are you guys doing?" And Hawk would Hawk respond before he came off with the clothesline. Anything we want, old man. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I, Steve Austin was telling about uh, one of the times he was in there with Ric Flair, and, and and Flair had put the figure four on him, and he couldn't stop smiling because he was just happy to be in the ring with Ric Flair. He just loved Ric Flair yeah. so much. So here, here's Austin. He's screaming and smiling at the same time being put in the figure four of so if you guys don't mind, let's pose another question. What would the wrestling yeah. world have looked like without Ric Flair? Oh God, can you imagine? And let's you assume know that he became happened early. That yeah. almost happened with um, Buddy Landell. Yeah. If Nature if he would have kept himself straight, it would have changed the whole dynamic of Flair, Horseman, and everything. That was but back let's, him let's and Jay Dillon was managing. Remember. Yeah, well, let's let's go backwards a little bit further and say, 
What happens if Dusty would have accepted Rick's offer to be rambling Ricky Rhodes and oh, there was God. never a Ric Flair? That would have wow. changed everything. Right? R- Ricky Rhodes, you didn't, man. You didn't, have, you didn't have that flamboyant um, champion. You know, Harley was a no-nonsense tough guy. That was right. his, even though he was, he bounced back and forth between heel and babyface, that was his deal. He didn't have the flamboyant, classy, you know, rich, arrogant champion until you had Flair. But yeah, without yeah, Flair, does, does Buddy Landell come into the picture and keep himself straight? I don't know. Does Gino Hernandez pick up that? Mantra? Oh God! You know, mm-hmm. Gino was Gino was taken from us way too soon, man. Oh yeah, dude. Oh yeah. But I mean, he was you know, amazing. That's the, that's the thing I always think about when I start looking back at the career of Ric Flair. Is what happens if there was not a Ric Flair? Ah, Where well, does wrestling go from there? The closest thing right. that WWF had to Ric Flair was Ravishing Rick Rude, in my opinion. I mean, yeah. But, yeah. Rick, but Rick, I'm thinking, I'm thinking Rick maybe the one time he was the, uh, jealous of DiBiase because he wanted to be the million dollar man. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! I'll tell you what though, if like you know going back to that whole persona, had he kept himself clean, had he not getting in trouble with the wrong people and and been alive, I think Vince might have gave that million dollar man persona to Gino Hernandez before he did Rick before he did DiBiase. That could be a very good possibility right there, yeah. Wow. Because Gino could have picked up on that real quick. Gino was on his way, man. Gino was on his way. I I read a clipping about Gino um, when he made his Madison Square Garden debut. He was 18 years old in 1975, and he tore the house down. They had never seen him before, and he tore the house down. That's amazing. Truly amazing. I mean, it's just... These are the things that make this great sport we love what it is. I mean, I, I think I'm not going to get on a soapbox. Actually, I am for a second. I think that people <laughs> nowadays have become so petty and they yeah. become so so jealous and so miserable that they couldn't. They just can't appreciate what others bring to the table or what others do. I mean, you know, I, I, that's I, right. I do. On a personal level, I've got that nonsense still occurring with a couple of, and with a couple of these jealous fools, and you know they want to try to run you down and they want to try to you know your work sucks and you suck and this and that, but they don't have any substance behind it. And then they want to bring families into it, but confront them, tell them, well, you know what, stop talking and start and start throwing, and they disappear because they're they're useless. <laughs> You know, Papa Stro, uh, when yeah. I met you the first time, I think it was 2018 of May at the CAC, and you were in that battle royal that night, and I was sitting back by the Blue Meanie, and I was oh, yelling yeah. for you all through the match. The Blue Meanie says, aren't you going to root for somebody else? I said, no, I'm rooting for Papa Stro. I said, he Yeah, that was the night that Dorothy jumped on me from the top rope. <laughs> no, I'm not giving her yet for that. I, I think she was watching way too many Ric Flair matches. Oh, I'm <laughs> telling you, that was the night that, that, was the night that, that Dorothy did the up and over and jumped on me from the top rope. I will not forgive her for that. Oh, you know, I'll never forget. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm WCW, you know, in one of the WCW events. I'm, 
this is before show starts. I'm I'm, I'm sitting next to William Regal, right? <laughs> and this is back when uh, uh, Hunter was doing the whole terror terrorizing bit. You know what I mean? John Paul yeah. Back. yeah, and uh, he was uh, trying to um, perfect uh, one of Ric Flair's moves up and over, right? And he he just couldn't. He was like mad at himself, and, <laughs> and Rico's like look like look at each other like oh my god. But I mean I mean Hunter he he he's loved Ric Flair for so long since the beginning. He's he's all about some nature boy. And uh, but uh, it's I mean the, the fact that he even back then he was emulating you know some of Ric Flair's um, maneuvers and everything. It was just uh, the testament to how much he. He loves the nature boy, and but yeah, but that was like way that was uh, like way before he became you know Triple H and all that, you know. But you know, brother, like I said before, Flair, Flair doesn't realize how much he's influenced this business because you know while oh, I've yeah. had in, in my in my short career, while I've had you know maybe seven different influences, Flair was definitely one of them. And every so Absolutely. often I'll catch myself when I'm when I'm looking at promos or or uh, doing a doing a shoot. Thank God I got a wife that knows how to use a camera. Uh, when I'm doing a uh, promo picture shoot or I'm um, filming promos and whatnot. And the one time I kind of got off, she she actually cut the film off and yelled at me because I got off kilter. I said uh, I said I'm so excited I'm having a hard time keeping these gators down. She cut the film. She goes, Yeah, okay, you're not Ric Flair. I'm like, all right, fine. <laughs> she says, cut, one night, try it again. You're not Ric Flair. Right. Yeah, Pop, you know, one Pop night, Ric Flair and um, uh, one of the Nasty Boys, Brian Nobbs, got to do a dance-off, right, at the club, right? <laughs> and Brian Nobbs, he started out first, and, you know, he did a spill, and then uh, Rick was like, <laughs> all right, fat boy, get off the dance floor. Let the Nature Boys show you how it's done. Hit it, <laughs> and he had him play. He had him play uh, Wild Wild West. Remember that song? And and, and Rick gets out there and he doesn't dance like you know other people do. He dances like Ric Flair, right? And it's the yeah. it's the greatest thing ever. Oh my God! I'm, I was like, <laughs> I was rolling, man. I was popping right and left. It was great. Oh right uh, yeah. I got to tell you, boys, I would pay any amount of money to see Ric Flair come to CAC. And performing the strut off. Oh God, <laughs> that'd be epic. That would be epic. Well, you could, I bet you could you still could do, do it, it too Jared, to this day. I bet you could still, oh, yeah, you could still do it. Yeah. I just wonder how much money for charity the CAC could collect, trying to find out who's going to be his partner. Jeff nah. Jarrett. Jeff Jarrett did a great strut, Ric Flair, like Ric Flair did, in my opinion. But I don't know if he, him, <laughs> but not like Ric Flair. <laughs> Let's no, face it, Rick. There's only one Rick. <laughs> no, I mean, but come bless, on. Bless Jared's heart, you know. <laughs> I mean, bless Jackie Fargo from te- for teaching everybody this strut, but Jackie there's nobody Fargo, strut yeah, like Rick Flair. He's the OG. He's the OG. <laughs> Jackie Fargo, he's the man. innovator of the strut. If it weren't for Jackie <sighs> Fargo, there'd be no more fabulous ones. There'd be no nope. Jeff Jarrett. There wouldn't be any there'd of be that, There'd be no man. Midnight Express either. Right. There'd be no Jim Cornette. Jackie Fargo told Jerry Jarrett, give the kid a shot. That's it. That oh man. The str- yeah, Ric Flair coming to CAC and doing this the strut off would be epic. Oh, most <laughs> definitely. 
It would be the highlight of all highlights. I would go broke buying drinks that night because, yeah, I definitely would like to see Flair do the shutoff. <laughs> I would love to see him, see him strut on stage there at the, the, the dinner, the banquet. That would be tremendous. Yeah. It's surprising they haven't honored him yet. I'm shocked by that a little bit. Yeah. I remember one of the ceremonies I, that I, I, I attended. I was sitting next to Joe Blanchard and uh, Terry Funk, and uh, we're watching uh, Rick uh, pay tribute to uh, Blackjack Mulligan, right? And uh, Harley Harley Race was in the front row, and, right? And uh, he's like talk told these great Harley Race stories, and he happens to look there, Harley, and he's drinking iced tea, and like, are you kidding me? <laughs> I'm I'm telling everyone the world what a badass you are, and you sitting here drinking iced tea, Harley. After this is over, you come to me to the bar to redeem yourself. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Oh my God. I'll tell you what. I know they were closed door events, but the the NWA conventions back in the '80s had to be epic. Oh God! Tremendous! Tremendous! Uh, what what a great time for the business! Oh, most definitely. And Ric Flair was the was the spearhead. I mean, whether people yeah. whether people you know like him or not, or they appreciate what he brought to the game or not, there's no denying Ric mm-hmm. Flair was was the the spearhead of the of the renaissance of professional wrestling back in the eighties. No and two he ways about so it. Many, so many people in the business elevate them to a, that, that next level, you know. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. I love Ricky. I love him to death, but without Flair, do you think Ricky Morton would have been considered a title contender? I mean, mm. Flair brought the best what? out in him as a singles competitor. And you, you know, um, and I like years ago I heard about Ricky Morton getting the AWA title match. But you know, that's like before pre Rock and Roll Express and all that, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and then for like years after that, you didn't really hear much about Ricky get getting that opportunity for like at AWA or NWA Gold until you know Ric Flair came along. And so and and, and Ricky and Rick were like magic, man. I mean the matches they oh, had yeah. just wow. I mean they had Great American Bass series. I mean Flair made contenders out of Ricky. He made a contender out of Road Warrior Hawk. I mean, there yes. were just guys that should never have been in a title match on paper that Rick made look like a million dollars. He yeah, really Chess, did. What about, imagine, what about a week, imagine a week. Imagine uh, a week. Week worth of one-hour Broadway draws that him and Ricky uh, did. I mean, I, I couldn't. <laughs> I mean, care. I've had only one singles match in my career because being a manager, we don't get in the ring very often. I've had one singles match in my career, and it was against Melanie Cruz. It was against Mel from AEW. Oh, nice. And it was it was a blow-off to a feud, and we went 16 minutes, and at the 16-minute mark, she looked at me, and she goes, you ready to go home? I said, yeah, my tongue's hanging out. So I went 16, <laughs> and I could barely breathe. That would oh, my God. Lift. I mean, it's, come on. It's, it's a fourth of what Rick would do on a nightly basis. I had a blindfold match with Miss Texas there at USWA, um, and we we started an angle where she interfered in a match with Law, Jerry Lawler, right? 
And then mm-hmm. we ended up in a blindfold match. That was so much fun with her, man. She was great. Oh, yeah. Miss Texas. Uh, Jacqueline, man. She was awesome. But, but I mean, uh, you know, just the, just the yeah. amount of time doing the cardio, running the ropes, and being in the ring, I couldn't imagine going 60 minutes. I'd have caught a heart attack. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I mentioned at the top of the hour about Ric Flair doing, like, Hindu squats for, like, an hour before – in the parking lot before his match. I mean, this, this yeah. man, this cardio is unbelievable, man. Well, you were telling a story um, one time we were talking on an episode that Flair came in all messed up on the night of drinking from the night before, told told one of the attendants in the locker room, get me four cups of coffee and leave me alone for an hour. <laughs> Drank four <laughs> yeah. cups of coffee, went to sleep, and yeah. woke up and went an hour in the ring like there was nothing wrong. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, man. It, it, <laughs> it's no, not many people could keep up Ric Flair's schedule, man. Or like the Horsemen, even like you know they they would uh, go to the town to perform, uh, party yeah. all night, wake up early in the morning, work out in the gym, fly to the next town, do it all over again. <laughs> wow! <laughs> and that story about Flair, well, the story about Flair walking through Caesar's Palace with nothing on but his robe—that's verified as true. My mother's best friend was the front desk manager at Caesars. My mother's That's very dear Bobby friend, Louis Giampa. He said he couldn't take yep. it. <laughs> yep. My mother's friend, Louis Giampa, was the front desk manager at Caesars. And he definitely confirmed that Flair walked through the casino with nothing on but his robe. Oh, Papa's <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, Joe in 89. When Flair was, he was a good guy instead of a bad guy, you know, isn't he the one that brought in another great wrestler, Flying Brian Pillman from Cincinnati, Ohio? Oh, yeah, yeah, Pillman. Matter of fact, he was a horseman at one time. Yeah. 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 But, you know, it's hard to single out, Mm. it's hard to single out Flair matches that were iconic, but... The New Orleans match with Ricky with Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, a two out of three falls match. Oh, to me, God. that that match just had it had such a big fight feel to it, and you yes. suspended your disbelief, and you you it was two out of three falls, hour each fall. I mean, it didn't go an hour each fall, but two out of three falls, and it was you didn't really know who was going to win, and you know the way they the way they put that match together and the way they they told that story in the ring, it just had that big fight feel to it. It felt like you were watching it, it the really Rufus again or Jim Londis or, you know, when... I really when, thought uh, those two at the time were two of the best storytellers of that time, him and Steamboat. Oh, it, it was just amazing. No two ways cute. about it. No two ways about it. And again, you know, it, it, it's just not a knock against Vince because the guy's a billionaire, so he's got to be doing something right. But could you imagine... <laughs> yeah. Could you imagine had he not had his, had the ego that he had back then and was willing to swap talent with Jimmy Crockett? Could you imagine the oh, matches that have been put together? Unreal. Wow. Amazing. So amazing. Yep. And, to, and speaking of, we got, um, I think this is my man Steve here. I'm, I'm glad he got jumped on here. Uh, Steve, welcome, brother. It's uh, Ric Flair night. How you doing, buddy? Oh, I'm doing all right. Was just uh, listening in. Um, Good stuff, man. Yeah. 
listening to the Lethal promo earlier and Chaz's uh, discussion. Um, yeah, we were talking earlier about Ric Flair's his many great matches internationally. You know what I mean? God, I, I was like, think, I was thinking, man, I wish Steve was here because <laughs> he'd be all about it. But yeah, man, he had some great matches internationally. Ric Flair did. Yeah, he had some really good matches in uh, all Japan. I was reading a list, mm-hmm. uh, an article list, and uh, a lot of his great matches over there were in all Japan. He had. Uh, he even had a match over there with the Steamboat in '82. Uh, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. Yeah, he even he even faced uh, Giant Baba and Onita with Dick Slater. I thought that was pretty neat because I didn't I didn't know he faced Onita and Baba. Yeah, we were talking yeah, about I, I that earlier and uh, was... Tatsumi, Tatsumi Fujinami and some of the others. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I, I was just I just love the fact that '91. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love the fact that Flair that Flair went out there to Tokyo and the one night he does an hour Broadway with Rick Martel in a belt versus belt match, and the next night they're tagging up. I mean, you only, yeah. only in Japan do you find that. Right. Yeah, I saw that listed too, him versus Martel. And we were talking and, about um, the night that uh, I, was it was it in Japan where uh, they turned on Kiri, Kiri Von Erich. He was yep. supposed to be the babyface. But they end up yep. cheering Flair for Kerry. Yep. <laughs> Yokohama, Japan. It was at the end of Kerry's, what, 16-day run as champion? Right. In fact, the Japanese, the rumor is they wanted to make sure that Kerry wasn't going to be 100% um, because they matched him up with Jumbo Sharuta two nights mm-hmm. before he brought Flair in. Yeah, and mm. Jumbo did a number on Kerry's right hand uh, with the claw. Mm. Rick even had a match with Taruta in '82. I had to go back and, uh, Sh- and watch that. Yeah, Sharuta was no joke. I mean, he took Bachwinkle for the AWA title. Right. Yeah, I think, was um, awesome. I think I heard a story that when Rick was uh, working over there, he had to have Harley with him. It's like a Security in case the Rua didn't want to work. You know, if yeah. You got too rough on the Rick. Now, yeah. Rick, when Rick defended the title against uh, Kabuki, was that in Japan also? Oh, I, I kept thinking he was there or Texas. One of the two. Back and forth. Oh, with Kabuki, yeah. they, they did one each. They did one yeah. here and one there. Okay, okay. It was each, each territory, okay. Yeah, and the same thing with Muda. When Muda first came, they did a one and one. In fact, Flair defended against Muda in Japan first. Mm-hmm. Good stuff, man. Yeah, I mean that was in Japanese wrestling. It's. Uh, yeah, they I one still in like 83. the fact that. Yeah, I still like the fact that now they have. Now they still keep the sport aspect going, with the you know with the. Um, the press conferences and the and the way they keep that that sport aspect of wrestling going, but I mean the the magic that was there back in the seventies and eighties with the with the Japanese regulars and and the gaijins that came over was uh, it was something that we used to have to swap videotapes for to even get a glimpse of. Right. And what about the matches that Rick had with Barry Windham in the Florida territory? Back in the day, man. Yeah. I mean, 
amazing. Oh, absolutely. In fact, if I'm not mistaken, wasn't it wasn't it Flair that that dropped the title to Dusty as the Midnight Rider, and then he had to either take his mask off or give the belt back? Yeah, I think was, that yeah, was in Florida like as that. well. Right. Oh, great angle, man. Yeah, I think that was in Florida as well. And then, then years he later, him and Dusty would feud in the Atlantic area. <laughs> Dusty yeah. Came. But yeah. there, there wasn't one territory that Flair went into that he didn't that he didn't get over. I mean, you know, they used to they bring him into Tennessee in the southern ends of Tennessee, and he had a matchup with George Goulas. I mean, and George Goulas, God love him, yeah, he's Nick's son. Wasn't a great wrestler, but man, did Flair make him look good? I remember when Flair was on um, the USWA show there in Memphis. Uh, him and Lawler had that that yeah. TV match. Yeah. That was a real treat. I mean, he'd come up here to Chicago, and I remember one time watching him. This was right before cable exploded, and he came up here to do a. He did a promo for Vern on the on the local on the Minneapolis AWA show, and he came in oh, carrying wow. the NWA belt. And you're, you know, again, these were guys you only you only read about in the magazines, and now you're seeing yeah. Ric Flair, you know, cut a promo, and he didn't. He wasn't ranting and raving, and he wasn't, you know, speaking with the same raspy voice that Bruiser and Crusher and Mad Dog Bashan spoke with. And to see him cut a, to see him do an interview, and then uh, face down Nick Bockwinkle, and that was a treat because watching Flair oh, against, right. if you thought Flair and Jay Lethal was a good was a good promo battle, Flair and Bockwinkle was magic. Oh God, yes. Oh man, I. And and to watch to watch their match together, um, it was just amazing, amazing stuff. Because I guess I was also also a big big Nick Bockwinkle fan too, you know, growing up as well. I mean, I mean like I I used to call him the the articulate world champion. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> he he was he, yeah, was, just, the, he, he the, was big so astutely in his promos. You know. And the funny part is we we never wanted to admit that we were Bockwinkle fans. Because that was still back yeah. in the days where you rooted yeah. for the good guys and you booed the bad guys, but you did. You had a. I mean, I just sat up and watched Bockwinkle, and I'm like, yeah, I don't like him. I don't like him. I hate him. But in the back of your head, you're going, this guy's awesome. Right. And you know what? So Steve, seeing how good the Kurt Hennig Ric Flair matches were in WWE, it, it makes me wish that you know you you would got to see a little bit more of that b- beforehand you know what i mean cuz i mean like like there was like two of the best in the ring performers yeah. out there at the time yeah most definitely so steve what would be your favorite rick flair match in japan if you had to pick one um honestly i don't have one okay that's fair enough. I'm sure you've worked Nothing with Flair, right? Great you... matches. I just, I just, I just couldn't think of one off the top of my head. No problem. Sure, you've worked mm-hmm. with Flair, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I mean, what was great, the man. what was the experience of of matching up with Ric Flair? I mean, oh, strip the entrances away, dude. strip away the <laughs> crowd. I mean, once the bell rang, how was it to work Ric Flair? Oh man, I mean, you just listen to him. I mean, it's it's you know it's a cakewalk. 
you know, basically. I mean, Rick, Rick's amazing. He's a ring general. And uh, I, I remember one time, uh, it was, I think it was a tag match. Uh, and it was back when I was feuding with the, you know, David, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. uh, t- Terry, it was like Terry and, uh, yeah, it was Terry, myself, Rick, and David. And, and Terry's doing this thing. And uh, Rick is like laughing, right? And uh, I'm laughing too because Terry's cracking me up. And uh, Rick is holding me in the corner. <laughs> he says, please, my strong. For the love of God, please keep Terry Funk away from me because he's killing me. Because <laughs> he's like beat red, you know, can't even move laughing, you know. But, yeah, Rick's great, man. He's, uh, you know, he's uh, smooth as silk, man. One of the smoothest wrestlers I've been in the ring with. And, I mean, a, a true general. I mean, he'll, like I said, he'll make a broomstick look like a million bucks. I mean, that's the way Rick is. Yeah. Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. So, Malcolm, I'm still jealous of you. How is Rick to meet as a person? Yeah, Well, please. I was real nervous when I, when I first met him. Um, but when I got finally got up to meet him, he was one of the nicest guys I ever met in my life. And uh, uh, the, the third time I met him, I took the nicest. The first picture I took with him is he was – I had a Raider jersey on a snake around my neck and an eye patch uh, over my glasses. And Rick was, you know, he was using a peripheral vision. Like, you know, we're looking straight ahead, but Rick's eyes are like looking like to the side to me, like I lost my mind, you know, but that third picture I took with Rick, we were both smiling, you know, he's, he's right next to me. And, and I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm more casual than I, the first time I met him, but, man, just talking to him, I told him that, you know, you guys do something that I only wish I could do. You know, I mean, I have no experience at wrestling. I said, Rick, I'm just a fan. You know, I'm never going to complain, you know, claim to be a wrestler. I have no experience at it. And I said, I'm my highest claim is I'm a U.S. Army soldier. That That's the most experience I have at anything. And Rick, you know, Rick said, well, um, you know, you got to respect that, you know, somebody that put his life on the line for the country, you know, uh, help out, you know, so uh, to just talking to him, I told Rick, just talking to you, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, it's, I feel like I'm in another zone, you know, because all the great matches you've had, you know, especially those matches with Sting, the Clash of the Champions won the day they had WrestleMania four in 88 of April, and then um, the the uh, match, the, the uh, Great American Bash against Sting for, you know, when Sting won his first NWA title. And in my opinion, uh, Papa Strode, uh, Chaz, and Steve, um, just like it, I wrote Hulk Hogan last year on the 4th of July in a text, uh, even the matches Ric Flair is involved in with the loss, He's still a winner, in my opinion, just like Hogan. If he lost a match just by him competing, you know, he's still a winner in my book, you know, even the matches they lose, you know. And there's no way you can put Flair above Hogan or Hogan above Flair because in the 80s he was down in the south, uh, Flair, and Hogan was up north, you know, and they were both the the echelon of their uh, federations, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. 
Which which goes back to uh, what we were discussing earlier about uh, if if they were to face each other in their prime at like a big event like a Starcade or WrestleMania, man, it would have been so so epic. Oh my god. Oh yeah. And the other match that goes along with that, Stro. I know they I know they they worked they wrestled each other in, in eighty one eighty two, but he was way past his prime. I would have loved to have seen. A 1984-85 Ric Flair matchup with a 1960-61 Buddy Rogers. Ah, tremendous! Oh hell yeah! Tremendous. Both men at the top of their game. That would have been awesome. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah. And even even, I, be, I, I even wish, beyond that, I wish Ric was still in the business today because I I can man I would love to see him and MJF just do their just throw down. He would do wonders yeah. for MJF, man. Oh my God! But you, you got to realize, though. I mean, I'm an again, MJF the, the fan. Set, by the way. <laughs> oh, I'm a big game. MJF fan. But the the sad part of the sad reality of of wrestling fans nowadays is they don't appreciate the older guys. They just don't. They'll look at Flair like he's a joke, and it's terrible because Ric Flair is Ric Flair, no matter if he's 30, 40, or 70. He's still Ric Flair. It, you know, when Jim Ross was catching all the heat, what he was saying about, you know, you know, some of the things he would say to his commentary and everything, um, it, there were certain people in AEW that stood up for him. I mean, Darby Allen, for example, you know, gave Matt props mm-hmm. to him, man, and mm-hmm. uh, MJF. And, I mean, so, I mean, it, it's good to see some of the younger talent, you know, still appreciative, you know, kind of like we were. You know, of the veterans, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I didn't care. I'll be honest, I didn't care for the promo that um, that Charlotte cut with him telling him to go home. I mean, she basically said that Ric Flair wasn't wanted or wasn't necessary on the main stage. And I understand where she was, you know, she was coming from trying to put herself over. But at the same time, her father in his prime and her and her prime, there's no comparison. I, mean, I know it's men and women, but there's still no comparison. No one could electrify an arena like Ric Flair. Can, can I, I, I uh, speak up or interject? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Uh, by, de- by default, Chaz, I'd have to go to Fudanami 91 match for now, but I'll get back to you with the All Japan match later. No um, problem, uh, I really liked his work with uh, Terry Funk and Mick Foley. Mick Foley in the 2000s and, and WWE and TNA and then his uh, 89 match with uh, Terry Funk. But that was pretty cool to see him brawl with Terry Oh, Funk. yeah, we were talking about the I Quit match earlier, Steve. It's like one, one of the greatest ever, in my, in my opinion. What, what an intense feud that was, man. Definitely. And uh, his, I think his rivalry with Mick Foley is underrated. Uh, the promos they had... Well, you really yes. hated each other, which I'm sure they did at one point. Man, the promo itself was amazing with Rick, Rick and Mick, man. Exactly. Did you, did, know, did you see sure. the bit? Did you all see the bit where uh, they had the panel and, and, and Rick and Mick were talking about their TNA feud <laughs> and, and the video game? And, and Rick was like, they were they were making were laughing about it because uh, uh, every, every time Rick would get in the offense on Mick, they were in the commercial break, and then when they come back for the commercial, Mick 
was back, so they never got to see Rick get in the offense on Mick Foley in their matches in TNA. Typical TNA. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, I really like the intensity of their promos, and, and Rick would uh, go crazy and like bust himself up. He would he would do wrestling moves like elbow drops and Mick Foley's book. It was just like awesome to watch him just go ballistic on Mick Foley. Yeah. Good stuff, man. What Guys, I hate to cut this it. party short, but I wanted to make sure I jumped on the call tonight. But I got to run, so everybody have a great week. And then I'll oh, talk you too, to you Jazz. guys next week. Going, brother. Absolutely. All right, take care now. Take care, man. All right, bye. All right. That was Chaz Moretti, everybody. Good stuff. Yeah, they great memories tonight, them. man. It's been a great show. In yeah, 80, go ahead. In the 89, when Mick Foley, I think Mick Foley came up in 89 as Cactus Jack. Was that right? Am, am I right about that, or was it in 90? Because um, cause it, I thought it would be great. It, I don't think it ever happened, but Flair in his prime, because I think they were both bad guys back then, uh, would have faced, you know, Flair would have faced Mick Foley back then. I think that would have been a Matt Classic, in my opinion. You know, it's oh, sure, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, when, when you got chemistry with somebody, no matter – if you're in your prime or whatever, man, it, it, it's when it's there, it's there. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's, it's really great. And Rick and Mick always had that magic together. So I'm sure they would yeah, go down was, then, uh, too. 2006 is when they had their WWE feud. And uh, very believable, the animosity that they showed. I mean, look at Rick Flair and Van Vader. I mean, what a what a feud that was. Oh, yeah, man. Um, Starcade 93. Oh, God, that was one of the... Uh, when he dropped that elbow between his legs and Flair was bleeding out of the mouth, I was flashing back to Jaws when Robert Shaw was bit by the shark. <laughs> it was, it oh, was well, like, yeah. if you notice during that match when he, he caught Ric Flair with that clothesline and busted his mouth, yeah. When Ric Flair made his comeback, Vader Vader was 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 like telling him to lay it in, right? Because you know he because uh, he wanted Rick to get the receipt. You know what I mean? For the yeah. close line. So he had so Rick was really when his comeback, when he was throwing those punches. He was really laying them in because you know, Vader, you know, Vader wanted to because you know, that's just like you know if, if something happens like that, he's like, okay. You know, I'm sorry. You know, the receipt is coming later, right? So. That was just, you know, really? sure that was just a great match overall because you had it was ten years after Starcade '83 when Flair beat Harley Race and Harley was managing Vader, and then he beat Vader that night, took the title. It's almost like he took yeah. the title from from Vader and Harley Race that night because he was managing Vader, you know. Yeah, Harley was a great manager. Um, Steve, what are you saying? I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Steve. Oh, did y'all? Uh, there was something else I was going to mention, but did did y'all talk about the '92 Rumble yet? Oh yeah, we, we, <laughs> we touched great. we touched up on it. We didn't really go in much detail, but yeah, what what, what a Rumble that was! One yeah, of the greatest ever. <laughs> and like just the uh, 
the the wrestlers involved in that match was like a Hall of Fame. Class. Oh yeah, the star power. <laughs> like Terry Von Erich and Roddy Piper. <laughs> right. Pretty great. Um, Unreal. And then think about, uh, the thing about the Royal Rumble '92, I couldn't understand why Sid Vicious, when Hogan was was angry because he got he eliminated him. You know, there were like three left, and Hogan went out, and just Sid and and Flair were in there. Why? Why Sid just didn't turn around and try to get rid of Flair because he could have done it with ease, the size he had. You know, I just couldn't believe he didn't do that. He wanted to argue with Hogan. Sorry. It probably just developed the. Maybe it was the build up to a match later with him and Hogan. Yeah. Um, yeah. But um. I really liked uh, that Undertaker got a, ma- a WrestleMania match with Flair, and he chose Flair for that WrestleMania 18 match. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, really uh, uh-huh. gave Flair a, a confidence boost that uh, yeah. Taker wanted to work with. Yeah, that that match, you know, that match was really good. Taker and Flair. What a few too. You know, oh, he did the bit where he beat up David. Remember he beat up David? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, then, uh, and then, like you said, Arn Anderson came in. Yeah, did the spine buster. It was awesome. Oh, that would have been a match right there, Arn Anderson, the Undertaker. Right. Yeah, Piper was like a best friend. Arn to Flair. Arn was like a brother to him. It was, it was like family where Piper was just a real good friend, in my opinion. Um, Arnie had more respect for Rick. You know, I, I, really like, I was um, telling someone the other day, I wish they had capitalized more on the Arn rick Flair feud in their WCW when they were having matches against each other. They yeah. could have done a lot with that. I don't know. Papa Stroh, I just couldn't buy it because they had teamed up for so many years together. You know, and I, I just, it was just so weird watching them fight each other. Wasn't it? Let's see. Was it? It was. But it was, was so it brief, though. Wall? You know what I mean? I, I really could. They could have drawn it out a lot more. It's, and, it and that was like I, I on the cake. The fact they've been best friends all this time, and all of a sudden now there's tension with each other. You know that that was the selling point. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, but wasn't it Fall Brawl '95 when they met each other? I, I don't remember, but it's been yeah, so long. Yeah, and, and then nothing much happened afterwards. You know, it's like it kind of fizzled yeah. out. Like, oh man. Yeah, but. You know, it just, it was hard for me to accept because, you know, they'd been together with the Horsemen, you know, they, you know, uh, Arn They could have done so much more, though. It could have been a huge moneymaker. Yeah. And that was the selling point. In fact, they'd been best friends, and all of a sudden there's, like, tension, you know what I mean? And, oh, God, so much they could have done with that. But I digress. That would have been to me like uh, totally Blanchard fighting Arn Anderson, which I don't think ever happened. But that would have no, been I'd love weird to see that. To me. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be great. Because those guys, I mean, they were inseparable together, totally and Arn. Oh, man. Good stuff. But yeah, I, you know, it, it would be cool, Steve, like, for example, to see Ric Flair, you know, if say if he was like still going strong today how you know he would he would help out like this new generation that we have some of these other promotions 
You mean like if he was in his prime today, or if he was like yeah. um, a trainer? Or, uh, oh no, if, yeah, if he uh, was at, you know in the prime, yeah. That looks yeah, from the dream matchup that we could have, you know. Yeah, I would have loved to have seen him travel internationally, or because I mean WWE's roster is so full. We could have had so many dream matches. Uh, Daniel mm-hmm. Bryan or uh, Shinsuke Nakamura or uh, yeah just so much uh, potential there if he had if he was in his prime right now I would love to see him in Tanahashi can you imagine right yeah Tanahashi would have been like his Ricky Steamboat right there yeah absolutely yes yes the wrestlers today they're, they're good but I mean to me, the wrestlers in the old days, I mean, the 70s, the 80s, even the 60s, they they wrestled where these guys, you know, they kind of like acted out. You know, the, the guys back then, they were really, you know, they had cage matches and all that. And, you know, I guess that's why the matches today don't get me as excited as the, you know, you know, when – you know, the horsemen were together in the 80s and and Piper and or- Orton teamed up. They were a tag team and causing trouble in the WWF. I mean, the Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkov and classic Freddie Blassie. I mean, you know, it's just the old school to me means more. You know, Flair in his heyday, you know, he had some great matches that, I mean, one guy I'm going to get to meet at uh, – uh, at this uh, Hall of Fame thing, Papa Stro, when you're there and you know him and you talked about him as Tommy Wildfire Rich, they, him and Flair had a great match in 81. I still think about that match to me. You know, oh, so. man, yeah. yeah. They had a great rivalry then um, with Flair and uh, Tommy did. You know, you're, you mentioned Tanahashi. I wish I could have seen Flair versus Okada because, um, uh, Gata, yeah, Dave Meltzer. I think Dave and his audience they compare, uh, they kind of compare the Ricky Steamboat Flair trilogy to the Flair. I mean the Okada Omega trilogy for right. Japan. So it would have been, been neat what a prime player could have, maybe an '89 player could have done with the, the Okada. <laughs> you know what? I, I think a prime player would have probably hung around in Japan. Now, if he was here, yeah. you know, he'd be doing his thing, you know what I mean? Because, I mean, he would be huge. Japan. Yeah, that would have been uh, pretty entertaining. Oh, no yeah, doubt. Another, kind of awesome. No, another aspect of Ric Flair's career is the war games. Now, I mean... He was involved in one of the most physical battles in a squared circle, in two cages, two rings, and Flair always gave his yeah, best. Yeah, he was there. He was one of the OGs. Yeah. The war games match beyond. Yeah. yeah. Well, this has been fun, guys. Uh, Rick Flair and I's been been a blast. Awesome. We will have to do it again sometime. Um, do you guys got any plugs you want to um, give gather out to everybody? Uh, can I say, um, Papa Stro, I know, you know, you're a little, uh, Dave said you were a little miffed about this, that I mentioned this Tuesday night, but 
I think it's going to be a real honor to hold up my Pittsburgh Steeler terrible <laughs> towel with <laughs> you when you get inducted. Why would I be missed about the Pittsburgh Steelers? I love no, Pittsburgh I mean, Steelers. No, I mean, you were mixed with, with Dave. He said, uh, you know, I thought it was no, like No, I wasn't mixed with him. I was yeah. mixed with the promoter for not letting me know the date change because I had yeah. to, like, check my schedule because I really wanted to make that thing. Well, Papa Joe, <laughs> if I had your, with Dave, it was his fault. If if I had your phone number, I would have texted you. I wouldn't have called you. I'd just text you and said, you know, Seriously, but yeah, up. no one told me about the date change up to that point. And if it weren't for you, and seriously, I have to thank you for that. If it weren't for you, I would have never known. <laughs> I think the world, I think the world of you, Pop Australia, you signed stuff for me, you're taking pictures with me for nothing. I mean, I want to do something great for you someday if ever something big happens to me, but I want to say something for well, you. Well, I'm, I'm good for the date now. So yeah, I look forward to it. <laughs> I want to say something about Flair. You know, I think Ric Flair to me, is I mean, I was nine years old in 1972 when he first started in wrestling. I found out, uh, and Rick, I didn't really, I didn't see any anything about him except in wrestling magazines back in those days. I used to watch college football with my dad on Saturday, and when he left the room, I turned the channel to the TBS and watched Georgia, Georgia Championship Wrestling. And I got, you know, I got my first look at Ric Flair. I think it was like fall of 80, you know. And, you know, he just, I don't know. There was, we were in El Paso in 83 for a whole year. We couldn't get TBS there. And I missed a lot of things that were happening, you know, in the NW or Georgia Championship Wrestling or the NWA. And to me, just the chance to meet him the three times I did and the three pictures I took with him, you know, he's just, he's as nice as he is a champion to me. I mean, you'd think the way his personality is on TV and everything, you know, you'd be, you'd be scared to meet him than the, a big wrestler like Sid Vicious. I mean, I wasn't afraid to go up to Sid Vicious, but I was scared to death to go up and meet Rick Flair because I just, I didn't know Rick. what to say or how to approach him, but Rick's had yeah. great matches. Like I said, even the matches he's yeah. lost, just like Hogan, he's a winner in my opinion. He's a champion forever. Yep. Yeah. He's the GOAT, yeah. man. He's the G-O-A-T. He's uh, the top Steve, do you, you have anything you want wrestling. to plug? Uh, just my social media, star Steven. But uh, I did get the chance to meet Flair years ago at a big-time wrestling show in Virginia. And, uh, Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was pretty starstruck because uh, <laughs> it was Flair. So, but um, I saw him cut a promo during the show, and yeah, he was he was pretty cool. Um, did the four horsemen pose with me, and it was pretty cool. The four fingers, so it was pretty, nice. Uh, good chance. I got my uh, I got a copy of his book signed, so that was pretty cool. Well, that's awesome. Oh yeah, this has been great, guys. I, I've, I've had a great, great time. Uh, Rick Flair night's been awesome. We have to do it again sometime. Like I said, saying um, always great having you guys on. You guys make the show, and so thank you so much. Um, be sure to um, catch archives of tonight's show. The listeners are listening. Uh, just look for WCB Retro on ViewsNation.com, and uh, just look for Rick Flair discussion. So yeah, it's, it's been great. Thank you guys so much. I really appreciate it. You guys always bring it. 
each and every week. <laughs> I love it. Um, but, uh, yeah, take care of yourselves and be good to yourselves and each other. And um, support VivisNation.com. Support these guys that are here with us. Support Steve, support Malcolm, support all, all of us, man. Um, you know, we're on this together, right? But uh, take yeah, care of yourself. You're the man. Yes. Woo! Nah, I'm, I'm, I'm just happy to be here, man. <laughs> really. But thank you again, and uh, we'll see you next Thursday. Have a good night, everyone. Thank you.